0: Howdy, and welcome to the Not All There podcast. I am Chad. I am your host. And today, you're going to listen to me have a conversation with my friend Melissa. And it's a doozy. It's a good one. Melissa is a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, Amazing storyteller, just like the best personality. She's (laughs) just she's great and you're gonna like this one she's got a hell of a story to tell and she's been she got sober at the age of 18 and she's been sober i believe 14 years now and she has tales to tell experiences galore and a lot of really good encouraging information on what it's like to to be sober to get sober at a young age and and sort of you know, transition into adulthood while working on sobriety. And it's a very positive. It's a really good one. Uh, I'm proud of this one. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. So I'm going to step aside, get out of the way so you can sit back, relax, enjoy my conversation with Melissa. It's a good one. You're going to like it. Are you comfortable?
1: I think so. <laughs> like, I've, got, got, comfortable.
0: I've got the worst chair back here.
1: Okay. Am and I close two. enough? Uh, a little closer. Closer. Okay. Yeah, there you go. That's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> this is so professional. I know.
0: So, um, are you a big car singer? Like do you sing yeah, in the car? Absolutely. Yeah. It's important. I know. Like loud singing, like yes. do you get a yeah, okay.
1: Yes. I'm also a car screamer.
0: Like yelling at other drivers? Or no. Just... So,
1: actually, when I, one of my favorite things to do when I'm really just have a big emotion or I feel really oh, pent up is just yeah. let out a loud scream. Yes. But you have to make sure that your windows are not down because I've done that before. And the person next to me like yelled. Are you serious? And I was like, I'm fine. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a singer and a screamer. All right. Like, what do you sing? um It really just depends. Like, I'm still just listening to the radio. Oh, do you really? Yeah. You yeah, like one?
0: It's I mean, it's kind of embarrassing. I, it's like a lost art form.
1: Yeah, not many people know about the radio. They don't. So there's a lot of Christmas music right now. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice.
0: You have a Christmas song, a favorite?
1: Mm, well, I really did like that song. That's like I really can canceled, but that oh, got canceled. Yeah, it
0: got fucking canceled. Yeah. I know. I'm surprised, like, you know, what's his name? Mike Johnson hasn't, like, you know, made it the national anthem just to fucking piss everybody off. Sorry (laughs) if I'm, you know, upsetting somebody, but
1: that's as as
0: political as I'm going to get. Fair. (laughs) All right. All right. We were talking before. We've been talking for like almost two minutes. I've been recording for like two minutes. So now oh, everybody wow. knows that you scream in the car. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So you know, Watch we, we put everything out on the table. We have to. And we sort through it. So I would like you to talk about getting sober at what age? Eighteen. Aha. Uh-huh. So what that look like?
1: Wow. What did it look like? So I. It's actually, it is a crazy thing to think about getting sober at 18. I'm 32 now. So I thought I was really old at 18 because it's the oldest i had been, you know? Yeah. So I thought I was old. Um, It looked like you had shit figured out. I really thought like, (laughs) (laughs) like this is it. (laughs) Like I'm an adult. Um, 18 looked like... I mean, I grew up, um, in the North shore Yeah, and so most of the people around me kind of, um, looked how they looked and I did everything I could did to, like well, no, I want, I wanted more than anything to fit in. Oh, that yeah. part of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's like a North shore thing. It's a North shore thing, like keeping up and, yeah. um, if you don't fit in, um, I don't know what your options are. That's how it felt. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like have friends still today who are the most like well-adjusted normal human beings and I love them so much, but I look back at that time and I'm like, I was nothing like them. Um, and trying so hard to just like do the things that they were doing and be captain of the swim team and get A's. And I went to Loyola Academy high school. Um, and my drinking started when I was really young and it was a lot of blackout drinking and it was a lot mm. of hidden drinking. Oh, <laughs> Jesus,
0: Oh How old yeah. were you? So um, like, do you remember like the, you know, the first real drink you had? I do. How old were
1: you? Um, so I want to say it was when my grandmother passed away. Um. So it was, I think I was in third grade. Um, Okay. Right. Yeah. So what is that? Like eight or nine or something like that? Something like that, I think. Um, And it was like the first time in my life that I experienced any, I feel like it was the first time I experienced like a difficult emotion that like made sense as to why I was. It was because someone died. and all my family's from Cincinnati, Ohio. So we went there for the funeral. Skyline chili. Oh, you know about that. I haven't had it, but I know. I love skyline <laughs> chili. People are going to come for me for that. It's like not real chili. It's incredible. It's disgusting. I love it so much. Oh, anyway. Anyway. So we went to Cincinnati, Ohio. And like my dad has two other brothers and, um, I just remember going to the funeral, and all of the people at the funeral like were crying, mm-hmm. and I didn't like that. I was mm-hmm. like super uncomfortable with the adults mm-hmm. being upset, mm-hmm. and I know I cried, but I—I I mean, it wasn't because my grandma died. I think it was because I was uncomfortable. So freaked out of and, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I don't know what you do in your family. Like an hour later, we went back to. Like after the funeral, we went back to my grandparents' house, and all these people that were crying and not okay were now laughing and having like the best time, <laughs> which is super confusing. Yes, it is. I have to drink this. Ah, okay.
0: uh, refreshing.
1: Refreshing. So, um. I think what I noticed really was that everybody who was like laughing, having a good time, who like an hour earlier were crying or, um, had drinks in their hands. Ah. And I took little sips out of everybody's drinks. Um, and I just remember like getting it. I was like, Oh, like I feel okay right now. Um, or I, I feel better than I did earlier uh and like that was my relationship with alcohol like from the get-go so it was Mm. never normal Mm -hmm. it was this very like "Mm, okay i can do this when things feel upsetting and they're going to be a lot of those and there's and i didn't know yeah yeah so i think like pretty early on i didn't have a lot of experience with dealing with difficult stuff Mm -hmm. without a drink
0: wow that's crazy. So, like for me growing up, everything just had to get repressed, right. like shove it down. So I didn't. It wasn't until I started, I just started drinking at eighteen I was like really straight laced. But like the there was a lot of emotions going on. There's a lot of like trauma and some really dark shit happening in my life at an early age. So I just mm-hmm. I was. And just put it all to the side, put it to the side, put it to the side. And right. just sort of like hung around and hung around and hung around. And and then when I did discover alcohol, I was like, oh, <laughs> Perfect. Dude, this is amazing. But yeah. to do that at like eight years old, man. But that's got to be kind of it give you like a weird confidence in a way. Like... If oh. shit gets bad, I know something that'll help me through it.
1: Absolutely. I always think that like the world was a little bit like, <laughs> not a lot had happened. Like if you had looked at my life, you'd be like, she's fine. Like there aren't these big traumas happening or these big things happening. Um, yeah, but shit happens, man. But shit happens. And I think that I was like, oh, okay, well if things get bad, I get to do this. So I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah until i'm not <laughs> Like that can only work for so long especially at that those ages
0: so like
1: what happened at the end i mean what, uh-huh. what was that like uh-huh. so um, i think about high school a lot because that's okay. where like the majority of my drinking happened mm-hmm. and also i think for like my parents and my family that's where uh, I couldn't lie anymore of like what was happening um, they didn't really realize what was going on so i'm really good at acting i <laughs> used to this woman in AA used to say to me that like i shouldn't get a coin like i should get an oscar That's <laughs> <Sounds> about right <laughs> and i was like yeah that makes sense <laughs> i was so good at acting like i was fine so i was like um you know captain of my swim team, did really well at certain things, uh, and I was involved in this group at school called Students Against Destructive Decisions, SAD, which is actually modeled <laughs> after <laughs> MAD, Mothers Against <laughs> Drunk Driving, so Wait, it's like I'm laughing. Dis- yes. Students against, dis- what was it? destructive decisions which is what i'm doing and constantly like i'm the epitome of destructive decisions yeah here i am i'm just like wearing a polo shirt around loyola that oh says my sad god. on it oh my god so that's amazing it's amazing and um i was really violent in my drinking which i think a lot of people don't talk about as much. I think a lot of women do. It's hard for like them. Aggressive. You know? Aggressive. Yeah. And I would get physically aggressive. Like I'd black out and get physically aggressive Ooh. with people in my life that I like loved. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I've seen that shit go down. It's it wild. It goes down and yeah. it's wild. And I have no like recollection of it. So <laughs> I would do that with like family members. Not good. Um, but I, did so I went to oh god so I like towards the end I was going and seeing a therapist because my parents were like we don't know what to do yeah so you have to go to a therapist great so I went to the therapist and like the day that I went to the therapist I honestly think it was the most beautiful i've ever looked in my life like i got ready like as if i was like i was the prom queen um i'm pretty sure i I like wore a dress i like shaved my armpits you know what i mean like i got really ready and i got there and he called me out he was like what are you doing um and he was like the first person that was like Yeah, you look like everything's like put together and fine, but most people don't show up in my office because things are going well. And I was like, wow, I hate him. Fuck you, man. How dare you judge me? How dare you? And a lot of people, I think uh, I'm a therapist now would be like, that's inappropriate how he treated you. But it was perfect. It was exactly what I needed. That's inappropriate. Yeah, like to just kind of go in, like comment on someone's like looks, whatever. Uh, He knew. I I
0: get it. Yeah, but like you, I needed that. We all need to be called out on the bullshit. Have to be. Like I was,
1: if I had ended up with a therapist who just like listens and is like a blank slate type person that's like not really a human, it wouldn't have worked. Right. I don't think I would have. It wouldn't it all worked out how it was supposed yes, to yes absolutely and this guy like stirred up a lot in me um but i was in this like weird it was like I, I hadn't finished my senior year um, and it was like this summer going into college and so like everybody's like getting ready like who are you going to dorm with and all this stuff yet I'm like suicidal and like trying to like manage my drinking and like I want to die and this guy is around and so he basically said like you either what well, you should try some controlled drinking he actually suggested that and Sorry. um It didn't work. Yeah, it never does. Um, And then in the midst of all of that, I had just like back to back to back awful things happen Mm. of my doing. Mm. Um, One of them being that I went to this concert and like kicked a beer can at, at the time poor thing I mean we were babies so my ex-boyfriend's face um <laughs> and I hit him in the, so bad um oh, like man. I hit him in the head uh-huh. and I should have been a soccer player I had no idea oh my god
0: yeah Whoa, just when you said we were at a concert I like mm-hmm.
1: that never yeah well it, yeah and
0: it was but did it like it was outdoors him? oh yeah. So it was like a full beer can, like a full
1: beer can, can somebody had? I guess, because all of my poor friends are like looking at me, they are not alcoholic, but they saw the whole thing go down and like, they all need to go to therapy because of this. (laughs) And someone had it like in their hand and I like punted it out of their hand. Yes. Were you meaning to hit him in the face or you were just fucking around? I'm sure. I'm sure. Unfortunately. I'm sure, and so, I mean, oh, dude. yeah, and and I did it. Um, and then I think oh. I like proceeded to like, he's like on the ground, this isn't, a, this is bad. He's like on the ground. And then I like proceeded to like go over and like yell at him, yeah, like, right. Um, and my friends were just like, oh my God, what do we do with her? Um, and I don't really, re- I remember nothing, but the next day everybody was like, we need to do something this isn't okay so like my parents were getting phone calls like they already knew all this was happening and then the family of this young man was like you need to go to jail yeah. I mean, which honestly, it's a yeah. little extreme, but it is technically assault. salt. It's not appropriate. It's, it's a salt in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Oh fuck. Of course it was. Yeah. And so like, I or was, was it, like at the broad stop. Or so unfortunately it's at country thunder. The whole thing is just, country. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really wild story actually. Um, oh, my God. but like that wasn't even my last drink. Cause then I think I like tried to, I tried so hard to pretend like none of this happened. Of course, Oh yeah. I would wake up every morning, like hating myself and be like, what damage control. And like, why is it that I can be so good and like, think I have control in certain areas of my life, but not with this. Um, and I had like no idea that there was like help for me at all.
0: It's a really weird thing because, uh, you, I think all of the, well, I shouldn't say all of us, but most people who are like at the end of the road with their their addiction, whatever mm-hmm. it is, there is there's a sort of like crossroads you come to where you're like, Well, I guess I'm just a drunk. Right. Like and I was like, this I, is all. I think this is all I'm gonna be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that is like such a fucking terrible place to end up. But so many people stay
1: there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I do think, uh, yeah, people stay there. And I also think that was the most hopeless I'd ever felt of like knowing that, um, I'm so powerless over this thing, but what else is there for me to do? Right. It's the only thing I know. Yeah. Cause I had had times before, um, like I had, again, and it usually was stuff where I outwardly saw that I hurt somebody else in my life. It was never like, because I was feeling bad. Um, Mm. but with my mom and I remember like promising her, I'd never ever drink again. And I meant it with every like fiber in my being. Um, and a couple hours later I was drinking. So there were times at the end where I didn't want to drink anymore. Um, and I drank anyway, and that's Mm -hmm. where the hopelessness, I think you're in such a good spot to get sober. If that's how hopeless things feel. I just didn't know that there were, were other options for me, like the recovery was possible.
0: Yeah. I I mean, like, I guess being like 18, so yeah, you're naive to a lot of things Mm -hmm. in life at that point. And I got sober at 39 Mm -hmm. and I knew about all these things. And in my family, there's a lot of addiction uh, Mm -hmm. on both sides. Um, you know, some people pulled through, some people didn't, some people tried um, rehab or AA or whatever else they were trying and it never stuck. And Mm -hmm. so I was afraid and I was also like, well, fuck that stuff doesn't work. It's just a sham. Right, But the the point I'm getting at is like, you got to recognize like you're fucked.
1: You have to. And I don't, that happens for people at all different ages. But I do think that that the timing of that, like when I came in, to recovery, people were like, oh, you're so lucky, like you're so young, that's so amazing. Yeah, what was that like to hear? And I was like, what? Like, this sucks. And um <laughs> because like when that's I heard you, that, man. I was miserable, right. like when I first came in um to sobriety. And uh to me, I was like, no, like I... And people would say, like, you have your whole life ahead of you. I was like, if my life is going to be like this, like, I don't want that. Um, I hadn't experienced yet, like, all the wonderful things about life when you get sober. Um, I was so miserable. And I look back and I'm like, if you're somebody that says that to a young person, like, keep saying it, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Because, like, inevitably, if you do the work and you continue to, that you will understand that that's true and everyone had such good intention i just I was like i life sucks well
0: we, we, you and i were talking about this before we got started about that first year of sobriety and mm-hmm. how it's it's really fucked up because i mean I, you know i i don't know i had no choice it was like i either like the the, the life my how the the life that is the house i was living in was on fire you know Mm -hmm. and if i didn't do anything everything was going to be burned down to the ground and so i was i was desperate and i've also you know so when i you know went into a a meeting like the tuning fork went off i was like oh my god yeah okay all right i Mm -hmm. get it Mm -hmm. but i've also seen people that have like been dragged into recovery like kicking and screaming and they're like fuck you and fuck this so And sometimes it takes and sometimes it doesn't. But the thing that really, I don't know, it's like kind of a heads up to people is that you're kind of a bastard when you first start getting sober because you're like, you're still an asshole. You're Absolutely. still really, really selfish. Mm-hmm. And you're like, look at me, everybody. I'm doing the, I'm not fucking drinking anymore. Right. It's a and huge I'm, deal. I'm doing something about it. Cut me some fucking slack. Right. And they're like, well, you kicked a fucking beer can and hit me in the face with it. Right. Like
1: I I had to deal with that my whole first year. Like all of the consequences of my drinking, I'm dealing with it. I'm like, wait, but I stopped drinking. So I had to go to Basically my parents so well, it's all very confusing. So I was kind of given the choice of like we're pressing charges or you need to go get help. Um and I went to treatment, Hazelden, Minnesota. Oh. Beautiful. Um, it was before they did the big like rehab of it all. Was it so, a so it was not like what people think it is. <laughs> and I thought I was going to some like really special pl- I was such a brat. Um, and my poor parents were had like no idea what they were doing or what to do um so they were just taking suggestions from like professionals and other people mm-hmm. um and i went to treatment and i did like exactly what i did in high school and before that like i became like unit leader mm-hmm. of the girls okay. unit like okay. i had those moments of like okay I'm desperate. And then it was really fleeting. And I just went back to what I knew. And unfortunately, like, fortunately they see right through that and yeah. they're like, oh, you're doing such a good job after these 28 days. Like you need more treatment. Um, <laughs> and I was like, what? Like I'm going to college. Like there's this timeline that I'm uh, supposed to keep no up with. Not. They were like, um, we've actually never, they said we never um, suggested for any person that's like come through the treatment center to go directly to college. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. I'm the exception always yeah. um and it was just I was so scared and so fearful of I had no idea what like things would look like if I didn't stick to the plan I had um and my parents came and I was convinced that they were like brainwashed and all of this stuff uh, and yeah. uh they like took me out like for like I got like a pass to like go out with my family and like eat dinner at like mm-hmm. P.F. Chang's. I like still can't walk in there and uh... Did, did you have like, were those, like the lettuce wraps or something? Yeah, delicious, but like yeah. I can't eat them anymore and uh... On the way back, I like cornered my parents and I was like, I was like, are you gonna make me like go to this halfway house they're suggesting? Um and I just kept like berating them and yelling at them and had like the biggest tantrum and they were like, <laughs> "Melissa, Christ. Yeah. Um, and you must've been a fucking handful. I mean, I just feel so bad for them. <laughs> we like pull up into the Hazelden parking lot. My brother, by the way, poor thing, the best human in the world, like ran off into the field, like couldn't handle it. And then mm, he's my, just
0: like so upset.
1: So upset. Oh. He should never have come. I mean, yeah. he, his college essay was about it, so. Oh. Yeah, like, there's a lot there. He's perfect, and I love him so much. But it was a lot for him to see. Um, and my parents basically were like, we don't want to participate in your death. Like, we are not going to allow you to come home. Yeah. So your choices are, like, you don't, you're not welcome home, or you go to this halfway house. Um, and that's also where, like, I, again, freaked out, all this stuff. My mom, like, goes into Hazelton. and is like, my daughter's being violent. Um, this tech comes out and she looks at me and I, like, roll down the window, like, ever so slightly because I'm so tough. And she was just like, you're just scared. And it really was, like, the first time that I was like, I'm just so, so scared. Like, I knew and was fighting it mm. for a really long time that, like, whatever I was doing was not working. Um, I absolutely like needed more help. I needed to do something different, but whatever happened in that moment of me, like hearing that and she's like, it's okay that you're this scared. And I promise you that if you do these things that people are suggesting, it's going to be okay. Um, I just like needed to hear her say that. Like no one else had said that to right. me. Yeah, you,
0: you have to hear it from somebody that you don't know.
1: It can't be my mom
0: and dad, right? No way. Or um, even even a friend. I mean, mm-hmm. because you're know, like I've been fucking snowballing you the entire time, man. Right. Like, right? No, no, exactly. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But yeah. there is something about like a person that's very I don't know. It's got a little time of sobriety under their belt, and just like, look, man, you're I get it. You're scared.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Oh. So, so then I went to Houston, Texas. It's <laughs> <laughs> where my halfway house was. <laughs> it's <a> really crazy. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Okay.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the show's intermission. We will now continue the conversation with Melissa. Enjoy.
1: Houston, Texas. So they like suggest places based on, I guess based on, I don't know what it was based on actually. Is it like, does Hazelden have like a, like a yes. pool of halfway houses? In? Yes. And I think they like, look at the person and they're like, where are they going to be best? As
0: far away as
1: possible. As far, as we, as far away as possible. But from and the like,
0: Midwest, they like the heat, center to Houston.
1: And not like a nice place like this girl needs to be humbled. Oh really? Yeah.
0: Oh man, what kind of crew were you with?
1: So I showed up to the halfway house and like I like looked at the brochure and like looked at the halfway house and looked at the brochure and looked at the halfway house and like the guy was like, "This is it," and I was like, "I don't think it is." <laughs> it's like the McDonald's breakfast. You're it's like, like a shack. Hey. <laughs> oh, um, and I showed <laughs> up with like more things than you could ever need, and um, I was just like, I was not in Kansas anymore, like. I got there and the same day actually that I got there this other woman showed up and she had like a bag um like a plastic bag with, with her back, belongings in. with her belongings like everything she owned probably everything she owned and she was and you were there with like a footlocker a footlocker of more than you could ever need more than this woman probably ever had um and I just remember like looking at her in like complete judgement truly oh, and man. being like we what am I doing here? Um, and I will say that that woman, like, was the first relationship that I like entered in into sobriety, like, friendship that I really felt like totally accepted and okay with who I am. And I loved her, and she loved me, and we fought, and we like laughed, and so many things. Um, but I had no idea that that kind of connection was available to me.
0: It's it's it take you a long time to like come to grips with it because i still am like trying to figure that shit out like i've got a couple of dudes in my life where i'm like this fucking get me and Mm -hmm. i and i can tell them anything and they're just Mm -hmm. like yeah okay anyway right more cookies and i'm like i can't i can't i'm like why will i not let myself just be Right. Cool with this.
1: Yeah. Because I don't trust it, probably, or whatever I be. I guess.
0: It's just like, it, it, it
1: But it, it is amazing.
0: I know. It really, it, it truly is. Um, do you still keep in contact with
1: her? I do. Yeah. Um, but the others, I mean, so other people that were there, like we were kind of, so you either like paid out of pocket to be there or you were there on a scholarship um oh
0: really yeah. oh, oh so like like a like financial uh, a, assistance yeah, yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah and basically this place like looking back was the most perfect place for me to go um i had to like learn how to be a human mm-hmm. um and i had to like get a job right I had to take public transportation like to my job at American Eagle um like oh, I had the, to go the to clothing? the mall yes I went to the mall and just like went to every single um like I put an application in everywhere because I had to get this job and one of the first interviews was a group interview and I had not been out in public in like a month and some change and it only been around like other alcoholics that, I no idea how to talk no, no I said my name's Melissa I'm an alcoholic I said that <laughs> in my interview with um who was it it wasn't it was like Aeropostale that I don't know yeah that, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I remember that yeah yeah and then Abercrombie and Fitch's I did a really bad job because I was wearing black and they're like we don't that's the one um color we don't sell here and i think that's what got me but american eagle they liked me
0: <laughs> they probably just needed a warm body no they body. needed
1: a warm body so badly they didn't give <laughs> and any shits about me and oh um i like just stood in the front and made sure nobody uh like stole things stole things yeah, that was it. That oh my, was my god. Job. So you
0: just sat there with like your thoughts for however many hours?
1: Yeah, it was so brutal. But uh I learned how to like show up to things, which is amazing. I learned how to like make some money doing that. But like um it was a really humbling experience just because uh I got to see that I'm a brat, really. Mm. Um and I didn't do a great job like I was not a great employee I learned that pretty quickly Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah I had to learn how to navigate buses the first time that I was supposed to get back they like gave you a cell phone that like you could only use for purposes if you were like out of the house and I accidentally like missed my stop and was bus to like the end of the line yeah never a good place it's never a good place and like the house manager had to come pick me up and it was a whole thing and then I had to wash windows that day because I had like screwed up fuck yeah you did it yeah and i was like okay i guess i should watch these right chicago yeah they like really were like they really put me in my place they really did like the other women that were there were there for other addictions too okay so that was wild to see so i was with like this one like woman like this really older lady who had like gambled her life away and then like i was with a sex addict who like i'd be like where is she like we'd be in a meeting and like she'd just be off you know, having sex and then we'll come back. And I was like, this is a wild experience. Like, I just was having what my eyes were open to so many people. And at the end of the day, I like connected with all of these people more than I connected with any friend I'd ever had my Isn't own parents, crazy? all of it. Yeah. That
0: is so, that's like the, to me, that's the wildest thing about sobriety yeah. is you, I mean, we're all judgmental, man. Of course. <clears throat> And so, you know, you, you meet people and you're like, oh God, this fucking person hasn't showered in like three days sure. and, and and then they start talking and you're like, I'm like, I love them. Oh my God. That, same. Is that, is that what I'm like when I don't shower for three days? <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that right. <laughs> and,
1: We're all the same.
0: Oh yeah. my God. Oh, so okay. You're a therapist, right? Wild, yeah. So, how did that come about?
1: Well, I think nowadays, I feel like it's like who isn't a therapist in AA is what I'm seeing well, a lot that's, of. That's true. Yeah, I promise you, I was not one of the people that got sober and was like, I'm gonna change people's lives because I got sober and I'm really good at because every I will say like. Anybody that is in recovery, I think, could make a really great therapist. Yeah, I mean, look, what are we doing right now? I know you'd be really good. <laughs> you'd be really good. I, I wanted, don't want like the hours. Sure, sure, of course, <laughs> it's too much. But um, I like wanted that before. I knew I wanted to work with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I am like fascinated by others and the, the human it experience. It helps
0: keep you. For uh, whatever, man. It helps keep you sober, right? 100%. Yeah. It, it's because if I spend too much time in my own head. Exactly. I, I, <laughs> I, Real quick aside. So uh, I, I was estranged from my parents like for four and a half, five years. And so today, this morning, today's okay. my dad's eighty-first birthday. What's that like? It's wild. And we had a FaceTime. I haven't seen them oh. in five years, and my they haven't. My kids don't remember them. Okay. And so it. It's really wild and it was really cool. I feel like relieved from it, but my dad is like old school country logger and he's got all these crazy fucking sayings. Like it's colder mm. than a well digger's ass outside. <laughs> and one of them is, hey, he's crazier than a shithouse rat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Mm. But when I spend too much time in my own head, not engaged, like that is what happens to me. I go fucking bonkers and I'm a dick. I'm a Absolutely. big
1: dick. Absolutely. I will never be able to do a job where I can think during it too much. Right. Yeah. And I also think like drinking is not my problem. Never was, never has been. Nope.
0: It, it, it's, it, it's the symptom. And it's, it's true. the
1: symptom. And it I is. think though that the longer I'm sober, the more I actually understand that because I'm like, oh, I'm crazier now than like when I got sober like I can't sit <laughs> in my head like too long anymore I know I, I, I don't know what it is is it like overactive imagination
0: is it I mean, what what are your well first off do you sleep well because I don't
1: certainly not yeah
0: what are your dreams like wild yeah
1: do you remember them a lot of the time I do um I more so like remember like that it the discomfort I feel right okay yeah I also um i've learned i cry in my sleep a lot
0: oh you do yeah uh, i have the fucking ptsd like wake up and yell kind of right, thing okay yeah, cool so. you're among friends
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah i, had, and, I and will and
0: swear and stuff like yeah, that yeah my wife nancy's like I'm fuck you for you. that i'm like i know and it's so weird because i'm like freaked out because of what went down in my dream to cause me to do that but then she's like fucking mad and upset like i'm like i don't know what
1: to do it's tough yeah it's not easy stuff but um yeah
0: so it just kind of it's like the the point i guess is that i think for a lot of people uh with addiction whether it is Mm -hmm. drugs or alcohol or food or sex or gambling whatever whatever it is that you need to use to soothe yourself that's not you it's it's all in the head it all starts with this crazy
1: imagination absolutely absolutely i mean i like my brain brains like that's what it does it's like that's it's going to and we really do have to learn how to be thoughtful in where we're putting our brains energy because mm. a lot of the time i'll just like let it do its thing and then yes the next thing i know like i'm i'm a really bad job like i'll be walking down the street and like It's a beautiful day i'm like oh the sun's out and then i'm like i hate myself right it's like how'd you get there i don't understand but it's like that it's like that and it's like if i don't notice it um it just keeps going and going and that's my reality and it's Uh like wait but it's like so nice out like nothing's going on nothing's happened
0: i uh i've gotten really involved in in coaching my kids sports Mm -hmm. teams one because i guess the the real reason was like i uh i just want to be like I, I they wanted me to but it was also like i, I just kind of want to be a part of this for them hey. in a way like we all can look back and be like oh that was a cool time because i mean you as a as a parent if you're not like aware or careful like you're going to miss out on some really cool shit not bad. with a young person yeah. and so i i've done it just to be like present and then i found out i'm actually kind of good at it okay and uh today was a a flag football game for my my oldest son and it was the the last game of the year whatever it was a fun game but to your point i was engaged i was having a Mm -hmm. lot of fun
1: Mm
0: -hmm. but i would stand to the side and let the kids run a play and then i'd go talk to them but when I'm standing off to the side, I'm like, "You're such a fucker." Right, like, like I mean, what sorry. are you fucking doing here, man? Like, fucking look at you. I bet your ass looks fat, right? right. You know, there's these people behind this glass wall, and they're not watching their kid. They're just looking at you. They're your looking big, at your big butt. fat ass. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah you suck.
0: You piece of
1: shit. <laughs> Next play, and right. then you know, and you're but, back end. Mm-hmm. but yeah. Oh. Yeah. My god. Yes, exactly. It's like I don't uh, yeah, like my alcoholism like shows up now just as like I I binge think, I think uh, too long, I'm yeah. overthinking. Yeah. Um
0: self-diagnosis and food that's like my party. Right. Like, right. Give me some give me some deep, you know, fucking medical text yeah and like a loaf of bread yeah i'm good to go (laughs) i'm
1: good to go yeah so that hasn't gone away for me like that like that i think is a big i loved to drink because i didn't think right my head was
0: quiet well and and like it's the head it's the emotion I, Mm -hmm. i i i uh i mean i am um i think a lot of people that are in recovery are uh we're all very emotional and mm-hmm. and run like really just amped up all the fucking time and my yep. thing is like you know i had a lot of uh like uh physical abuse from like when i was maybe like two or three up until mm-hmm. i was like 10 or 11 and so uh i it was all fight or flight right, right. so it i'm <laughs> i'm just like Whoa. The whole fucking time, man, and I drink coffee like I'm a maniac with coffee and then I wonder why I have like sweaty palms and I get real cranky. Right,
1: I'm like having it at night. I have no idea why I can't sleep. Yeah. I
0: Oh, uh, so what, um, now... It, this i think i want to i want to talk about for a second because i feel mm-hmm. that it, for one as, as a parent it's fascinating for me as, as a parent but two also just kind of uh to, to take stock of of where people are these days mm-hmm. like obviously mm-hmm. we're coming out of of the pandemic but right yeah, a lot of a lot of people got hooked on booze a lot it fucked up all of us in some capacity. And you're seeing like the residual effect of that, but a lot of your oh, yeah. your clients are like younger, right?
1: A lot of younger I also do see adults. Okay, I get, it's an interesting the people that show up. But um
0: Is there like a, a parallel like a through line that you happen to notice or is it all over the board?
1: Well, I think Especially with younger people And then people that were like really isolated During the pandemic I mean a lot of these people Some people come to me and they'll be like I never had anxiety Like before Yeah or I Like a lot of people's stories When they come to me like start At 2020 which is interesting But the young people I see um, Have a lot of difficulty Just being a person a person and what I would say is like my hope like the goal I have when I'm working with a young person is I really just want to teach them how to feel bad mm-hmm. um, like I think most of them have no capacity to just feel difficult emotions and so we're seeing a lot more like hospitalizations or suicide or that just even that talk is normalized now
0: um like like to to talk down about yourself like self-deprecating yeah
1: self-deprecating or like oh i'm gonna kill myself or oh like that those are all options like so yeah
0: rather like I, i mean we're not the same age but it was A joke like ah fuck, I might as well just kill myself then. You know, it was kind of like yeah, it was like a
1: a a a dark joke. It was a dark joke, and I do love a suicide joke. It's like one of my favorite (laughs) things. I I do too. It's unfortunate. (laughs) I mean, less it's funny, Um, but like these kids, like people, like a lot of people are like, oh, are like kids just like weak now? Like, can they not like? The whole idea that like everyone needs a trophy or like whatever. You know
0: that's that's an interesting point because of of uh, the coaching that I've done, yeah. right? And it's I I'm uh, I, I'm against bullying, of um, course. But in in there shouldn't be a but. And in sports, there's a certain level of like physicality that, that is involved that's like perfectly healthy. Yes it's yeah. it's fine to like wrestle and tumble and yeah. i used to be a, a, a cub master for the cub scouts yeah. and the kids used to get together uh kind of like it was a seven o'clock on a tuesday It was the worst night and time but they would all get together uh, they're all boys and they would just wrestle right and the parents are like what are you going to do about that i'm like nothing like let them i mean like i'm watching them like if if somebody like starts yanking hair or trying to pull an eyeball out well then i'll step in Sure.
1: but until then no yeah
0: and so like yeah i it is like the everybody gets a trophy mentality but i don't know if it i don't know if that is there a correlation you think to that to how you know these kids are thinking about themselves or talking so about themselves mess,
1: i mean i'm going to sound like the oldest person ever and it's an i social media is it and i hate to say it yeah it is because like we are not meant to take in the um amount of information that we do and then like compare ourselves at right. that level right. um or like uh, like self esteem is built through action and like yes. esteemable acts. Yes. And it's also like so normal to like have something happen and feel sad about it because then we learn from it. But right. also, it helps us like grow the muscle. How do I feel sad and cope through that? Right. Coping skills are not learned when we can simply just like pick something up in the same way I could pick up a drink. Like you can just pick up your phone and distract. Like
0: I feel shitty and now I want to, I, I can find somebody like that that's like oh well that person feels shittier than i do
1: right that person feels shittier than i do it like gets you out of the present um you could distract with games you could distract with anything you could have this like instant like gratification if i post this thing and i get a like like right and so i think a lot of young people are taking that on thinking that that's like their self-esteem and self-worth is put in that and they're not building self-esteem through action in their day-to-day
0: so so sounding even more older right that when you know when when they eventually you know leave home yeah they're so
1: they're completely ill-prepared so that's how i do feel like that a lot of younger people are ill-prepared at just experiencing um like the highs and lows of just day-to-day normal life. yeah yeah um because um
0: Huh. you know there are uh I, I i work in property management which is just a, it's fucking wild but you get to see people you get to see behind their doors mm-hmm. but what goes on behind the door you you're actually kind of involved in that part of their life in mm-hmm. a lot of um people that are in apartments to go to the university of chicago and like crazy fucking smart people right. like it's I mean, I I have some conversations. I'm like, oh my god, this is like straight (laughs) up brilliance. This is I'm fascinated. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, I I I swear to God, I'm gonna sound like a grandpa, but they don't know how to change a fucking light bulb. Right. And and there's to to the greater point that you're making. It's like it's not hard to change a light bulb. Mm -mm. You know, Mm -mm. it's not hard to like put a battery in something, Mm -hmm. and so. How are you going to... You take public transportation and and there's a vibe, there's an energy, you're not in tune with it. I mean, like, how... Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. No, I think... Uh, like, like, it's okay if you... To touch somebody, but not I mean like to, to bump into somebody to it's oh okay it's okay to have these physical contacts.
1: Yeah, we're not tolerant anymore of a lot of things and um but like natural like normal, natural life part yeah, of life things. Yeah. Yes it's it's all um I mean is it
0: <laughs> is it all image oriented? Is it all what? Image oriented, like how you present yourself. is it's more important like- than you how you like
1: Of course, I think, unfortunately, like, I think uh, as long as social media is around and like younger people especially are like looking at it and using it and then I'm using it too. Yes, you Everything is, I sure do. Everything (laughs) is (laughs) absolutely image oriented. And so like worth and all of that is placed there instead of through our actions, through like accomplishing something like putting a battery in something mm-hmm. like there is actually accomplishment that occurs that will build your self-esteem mm-hmm. in these small acts yeah something as simple as like i've never changed the light bulb before okay like cool let me just show you real
0: quick like you right. do it this you loosen it this way you tighten it that way now you try it and it's just like now turn it on and you're like oh wow. fuck i just changed the light bulb yeah it's like, you did man you did that it.
1: like, it's awesome yeah good on you yeah but there's a lot of that <laughs> go finish the that thing. thesis uh-huh my uh
0: I don't, my my oldest son is like a super resilient dude i'm like really fucking proud of him uh-huh. um yeah he's tried out for like travel baseball this is his fourth year in uh the previous three years he didn't he didn't make it he finally made it this year which is amazing like, yeah yeah but he recognized like he's like dad i you know whatever i'm on the team but I just, I'm really proud of myself. Yes. And I'm like, you yeah, fucking should you be. should be. Like, whether you play or not, What? I mean, if you don't want to play, fine. But you set out and you kept going. Exactly. And going and going. Exactly. And you finally did it. And now you know what that feels like. Uh,
1: yeah. Like, I think, I hear something like that. I'm like, so that's gonna, that's gonna be a kid that feels good about themselves. Because it's like, oh, I can have these, um, And when I say failure, like normal, like, like, um, failure is a part of life. Like we need to learn how to like move through that. Like, okay, I didn't make the team, but he didn't, he didn't stop. He didn't stop. And so keep going and like, try something else and like, accept where you're at. And all of that kind of thing, um, is what a lot of kids are missing. I think Mm. it's like, oh, at the first like sign of I failed at something. Yeah. Uh, we're not being resistance. Yeah. We're not moving through that difficult emotion and, like, seeing, like, that I can feel this way and I can also, like, try again and, like, recalibrate what I need to do or whatever it is. Um,
0: But also accept that uh,
1: maybe, like, you know what?
0: Maybe this isn't my thing.
1: Maybe not. I I think that's great too. I think that's a real success. Is like being okay with like what you're not good at. Yeah. This my the same kid. My
0: son. He's like I'm gonna watch scary movies. Heck yeah. And and his friend was like I want to have I want to have like a slumber party with like you know we'll get like four of us and we'll rent all these scary movies. (laughs) My son's like yeah you can count me out.
1: Right. He's like that's not for me. (laughs) I don't like scary. I'm not gonna watch it. But I want to watch a scary movie. that's a boundary too, that no kids have bound, like those, I'm telling you, these things, like those small things that might seem like not that important, those are the things that are going to build, I think, adults who are going to be okay. So,
0: obviously, I mean, as, as, you know, what am I trying to say? Is there going to be like a larger gap between those who can, I guess, cope? And those mm-hmm. who are just sort of
1: it's such a good question I think about that so in uh, a, a weird
0: way and correlated to like economics right like, right. like
1: uh, yeah
0: how people do in the world to earn money I mean,
1: exactly yeah. I see it like I think that we're dealing with um, like a generation right now where we're like seeing the effects of <laughs> not being able to cope, like having Mm -hmm. all of these instant things right at our fingertips Mm -hmm. and we're seeing how that's not, it's not sustainable. No, I think like the like millennial parents are seeing some of that and they're like, okay, we're actually gonna like change how I'm parenting here and like the access I'm giving my kid. Mm. Um, Like I do think that this generation under me they're not doing great as far as the coping piece goes and i do think people want to do something about that like my age group i do think really i oh they're like my kids not getting to do like these things interesting because of how much it's affected us yeah interesting interesting i mean but that's
0: I feel like we're just two old fucking ditties. I feel like the, so the coffee shop saying right these now. things.
1: I would never have said these things like two years ago. I've been I like, oh my god, I wouldn't be caught dead saying <laughs> like that. But now I'm like, oh shoot, like I'm seeing this. It's like whoa, well, because
0: well, well, <laughs> it's <just> so <laughs> funny. Because my kids are fascinated with the 70s and the 80s. Like I grew, it's I was them. like, I was like an 80s kid, and they were like, well, what was that like? And I'm like, I mean. They told us, they being like the family, the parents, like, I mean, after breakfast, fucking go. Exactly. And be home for dinner. Right. Yes. And, and they're like, so what did you do? And I was like, you I lived. We just had to figure it out. Right. Yeah.
1: That's really important stuff.
0: Oh my God. Oh, all right. Well <laughs> So
1: Hopefully everyone hears this and gets a lot of hope from Yeah
0: yeah and you know what everybody uh it's it's okay to talk like this just so you know all right it's okay you know don't sucker punch somebody but you know
1: right but you can rough them up a little yeah just a little bit (sighs) don't kick a beer can at them definitely do not do that don't do it in kenosha wisconsin and and if
0: you form a fist make sure you you keep your thumbs in because that that'll be bad it would be bad thanks for coming Oh my God, thank you for having me.
1: This has been fun. (laughs) This
0: is awesome. All right, Mm -hmm. take care.